Hey everyone, welcome to episode 237, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And you know, I knew that time has been passing fast this year, even though 2020 COVID the whole thing. I was just informed at the dinner table that there are only 10 days left to Christmas as of this recording. Isn't that crazy? I, oh, that is crazy. I, right? And that means that when you're listening to this, there are only nine days. So, like, no pressure or anything to find that perfect gift for the perfect someone. But, yeah, time be running out on your holiday shopping. And even quicker. It's, for, too, late. it's, it's, it's too late to get all 12 days of Christmas in. Yeah, right. You're done for that. And if you haven't started your Advent calendar, forget it. Try again next year. I know everyone has big you know, ideas about what we're going to do. And it doesn't happen. And we did pretty good this year, man. We made it through a lot. We doubled down on days when we missed. And we're still in the running. But I don't think we're going to make them all. And it's even quicker. It's even less days for those guaranteed delivery by warning messages for those of us relying on the Amazon trucks to get the Yuletide gifts under the tree. I've already had to drive to Mount Dora for a reserved item purchased online with in-store pickup because I couldn't find it anywhere else for pickup or delivery in time (laughs) for Christmas. So procrastinators, this is your December 24th, glaring down the empty shelves at Walgreens to buy the last pair of size 18 and a half fuzzy slippers on Christmas Eve. You've been warned, so get it together, man. Get it together. Because trust me, if you show up with size 18 and a half fuzzy slippers, it is going to be the unexpected gift. And it may not be very welcome. That's all I'm saying. But this week, I think the unexpected... Even if we expected it, we didn't maybe expect it in the same way as Jeff presented it. And I was looking at the Facebook page um, earlier today and even uh, this past weekend, and multiple people were like, Pastor Jeff loved the message that you gave this week. And I thought, you know, every time we, we do this, I mean, we've been singing in Christmas programs, we've been reciting Bible texts that tell this story. We've been watching movies. I mean, we've been doing this and we've been, you know, all these things, pageants since we can remember when we were all little kids. For those of us that grew up in the church, we can remember. And even still with all of that, we still find something new each year when we get to this part. We read the story. You can't help but read it. And Jeff, I like the way you laid out the case for the unexpected gift and when those arrived, like really unexpected, like in the form of a <laughs> surprise. And of course, we, we do know that story, but we look at it from strictly this angle. It provides some new things to consider. And I like the way you said it. He said, I think the biggest surprise and maybe one of the biggest disappointments of his life was when Joseph heard the news about his young wife to be <laughs> being pregnant, mm. even before they had consummated the marriage. What a huge letdown. To say that this was unexpected would have been a vast understatement. And though we look back at this story now with warm, celebratory feelings, there was nothing that came close to those emotions for Joseph. And I know the women can all probably, you know, have an idea or kind of feel what Mary was feeling. But for the men, can we all put ourselves in Joseph's shoes and go, this is crazy. What am I doing? I I don't that's a part that sometimes gets overlooked. Yeah. But it's it's even doubly so in, the, in that time. You know, it, it would be really hard today. Oh, but sure. That time that that was that was a that was a gut punch. That was a really big deal. Well, yeah, yeah because I mean the story, the story is like, yeah, the the dog ate my homework. I mean, it's just not <laughs> doesn't, just doesn't ring. <laughs> the dog ate doesn't have an authentic <laughs> ring to it. No, not in the least. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, and when you think about it, he was still 
trying to figure out what to do because he could dismiss her quietly. He could still do that. But she's going to have to live with this this issue. And I know that it was painful for him to even think about what Mary was going to have to go through with with being pregnant and not being married. I mean, that that's in that is just total insanity. I mean, in I mean, I was married once before and there was a, a child that was born during the marriage that was not mine. So I kind of in a way understand what Joseph is going through. It's like, yeah, you can leave and you can just wipe your hands of the situation, which you had no part in creating, literally. Yeah. But then, yeah. but then what do you leave in the aftermath? And those are decisions that just go away. Like the ramifications, not only in his life, but in Mary's life and, and of course, baby Jesus' life. I mean, these are things that are, are just huge and I think they get lost. And so when you, when you laid that out that way, I thought it really hit home for me. And maybe part of it is my life experience, but to really think about that, these are, it's like, oh, the, the wise men and the, and the shepherds and, you know, all these <laughs> glad tidings. And Mary can't be happy about this either, right? I mean, she's got to be struggling going, you know, here, I love Joseph and we had plans and now this, and what am I supposed, I mean, what was that explanation? How did that whole conversation go? Would love to have been a fly in the wall with when that was happening. Yeah. Well, and then when they, you know, that's the hard part to think about is how do you deal with all those mixed emotions? Because, yeah, Mary is looking, you know, straight at the idea that culture of her day is going to mark her. Mm. You know, whether she's married or not, she's going to be marked. And and yet here it is. And that's I, I hate to say it's God's humor because you know, God can do whatever he wants, but oh my goodness, look at this from the standpoint of why would you do this to a couple? And, you know, you kind of like wonder, and yet it, it worked out. It worked out extremely well. And God understands, we can't, you know, we can't second guess why God does things, but oh my word, this is, this is quite an interesting scenario that the Messiah is on his way in the most unusual and least expected way you could ever imagine. Right. And and that's the part that's funny is, is that here they are trying to look at this. Now they go, you know, forget our problems. Look what's happening. The world is getting a Messiah. (laughs) Well, I mean, the gossip and the whispering that must have been nearly unlivable for them, even, you know, during this process, while they're trying to do their own diligence and figure out like, what are we going to do and and how's this going to work? And I'm th- and the only thing I could think of, and this is again, probably just, you know, what we can put it to in our time, but like, can you imagine this on social media? Yeah. This whole thing, <laughs> oh, un- yeah. the, oh, like the, the whole thing unfolding. And, you know, and then you think about, you know, I hadn't considered until you just said it, that just like now, it doesn't matter if you get married. I mean, I have friends that got pregnant, you know, while they were dating and before they end up getting married. And, you know, some of them have gone the distance. Some of them just said, uh, a friend of mine, they just, uh, I think they just finished up 30 or 35. And they had gotten pregnant as teenagers and they didn't get married for a couple of years, but they decided that that really was what they wanted to do. It was their decision. It wasn't somebody else's. And They've been an amazing couple. They had, I think, three more kids. And, but that never, there are people that, though, will still never let that drop. 
Like they're not going to let you forget that this right. is like this is what how it all started for you. What does that tell us about Mary and Joseph, though? I mean, the way that they handled all of this in the lead up, in the process, the aftermath. I mean, is this there's got to be some some lessons that we're taking away from this as Christians, as parents, maybe as couples, as married couples. I, I don't know, but there's got to be something here for them both to be this just seemingly this unique to handle this in the way that they did. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I think Mary and and Joseph both had to deal with a lot of implied shame. In other words, the culture around them uh, would yeah. have, would have probably, you know, not only marked them, but also had little subtle little, you know, things that, they've said or did around them that that marked them with a great deal of like i said this imposed shame on them but you know to to know the truth behind it must have been a, an absolute confidence builder in them as a, as a couple because the the fact is they went ahead with with this whole idea and they did it you know they did it almost I mean, there's no, there's nothing in that early story that would imply that they were confused or still bewildered about what they were going to do after those two visits from the angels. Nothing, right. There, there's no question. That's true. As yeah. to what they're going to be and what they're going to do. So. Yeah, and that was, and I, I don't think we've ever had Gabriel show up. You know, yeah, I mean, exactly. That, 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 that's that's. I mean, that's that's, that's got to be a, a, a pretty. Um, you know, it, it, it nails it nails you down onto like, okay, I guess this this may be this may be difficult, but you know, we've got sort of some divine backing here. Um, yeah. <laughs> What do you do with that, though? I mean, the more you think about it, we had uh, Heather did a, a one of the kids' Sabbath school uh, last week, and my daughter Ellie did one while coming about the shepherds. And, you know, in both stories we hear about, you know, the angels and the bright lights. And and that's the part that seems to stick is like, well, yeah, they're glorious and they're, you know, heavenly beings and all this. But, I mean, can you imagine the multiple times that they're visited when it comes to Mary and Joseph? And how special that has to be and how, I mean, that has to just change the way you think about everything that is pertaining to this whole mess. I'm like, maybe that was the relief. Like, oh, oh, I get it. Okay. Okay. Well, and also, well, also culturally, there is, there is the expectation of Messiah. I mean, this, this is not, yeah. it's not totally out of left field. <laughs> but, 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 right. but, but is it? I mean, in this way, I mean, is even if you saw well, the no, angel, I mean, are you thinking that you had <laughs> like you had you're hallucinating? That was a bad brisket I had for dinner. And, <laughs> you know, there's no way there is no way that my life, the way I have lived it and the what's happened to me over the last nine months, th there's no way that this is the could possibly be the Messiah, even when they tell me how can that how could that be part of this? And that's the part I struggled with as I was reading through, rereading the story and then listening to Jeff's message and then rereading the story and going, you'd have to just think to yourself, am I going stark raving mad? What, what, yeah, is, what is, is, is this? Is this real? <laughs> what yeah. is this? But I think that's the piece that, that kind of resonated with me as I was reading it. I, I think both of them, both of them wanted, I think Mary was, you know, was of a, 
uh, you know, her family. I'm sure that there was uh, things said as she was growing. They wanted to believe this. They were searching. Uh, Joseph, especially, he was searching. <laughs> you know, he loved Mary. He he wanted this relationship to work. So for an angel to come in and provide that hope, I, I think that 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 searching was the key piece for Joseph anyway, because it he was he went to bed trying to figure out what he was going to do. And then all of a sudden he woke up knowing exactly what he was going to do because of that, that strong uh, urge to find hope. Well, I think he did finding, finding the hope and, and also, and also, I mean, he's in love with Mary. I mean, it's not like, exactly. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. now I've got an excuse for this to go on forward. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. That's I still... think there's times. Yeah. I think there's times when searching for, the hope is almost if like I said, I think I said this is almost as important, if not having the hope itself because the, of the journey that it gets you into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the looking for that hope. Maybe that's the point. Like you said, maybe that was the relief of him getting to say, all right, all right, I'm going to do this. And yeah. this can't all just be a, a dream. And maybe this is just the trial of you know what God put in front of us, and if this is true, then man, I guess maybe it would be easier to jump on board knowing who you are going to be the earthly father or guide of. I mean, that's pretty awesome, you know, from a dad's perspective, and equally so, I'm sure, from a mom's. And then one of the last things that I found super interesting, and we've touched on it a little bit, but I wanted to read it the way that that Jeff. Uh, said it during the message. He said, uh, but what is interesting is the lack of emotional reactions given during this part of the story, meaning this whole ending part and this whole buildup. And, you know, words like surprise, fear, dismay, and discouragement are not found in this part of the story. And again, I go, I just keep going back and looking at this and thinking to myself, there's no way that I'm getting through this if this is me. Without any of the, you know, without these, because you'd assume that if there was a, a big dust up or, you know, something that this would have been recorded and like they got through this and it just makes me feel a different sense of what they had prepared for in their life or what God had prepared them for in their life. And to know that this is what the, what his plan for your life was going to be that that just blows my mind yeah. in a different in a different way when you put all this together this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just well, really and then did. that's that struck me from the standpoint of you don't you know I mean most of the time I mean Luke and Matthew you don't I mean, John does it a lot he gives us gives us a lot of feeling words but Matthew and Luke they don't you know they don't really especially Mark you know they don't really go down that road but. In this story at the beginning, you had Joseph, and I think um, Eugene Peterson translated as chagrined, and he's using <laughs> this 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 word for Joseph, and <laughs> that, like you know how sad and disappointed Joseph was, and then Mary's startled, and if you read in Luke, she's she's taken back and she's surprised, and you know all these. But then when it comes to this part that, you know, really was miserable, there's nothing like that. So I thought it was a kind of a, a, a neat way of looking at it from the standpoint of they were beyond their own 
feelings about themselves at this point with Jesus on the way. Well, I loved it because any father to be that has been with his wife during the delivery of one of their children, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm yeah. like, you know, Mary just rode how far or walked and rode on a donkey. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, oh, great. We're going to be in the barn that smells like, you know, great. <laughs> oh, no bed. Perfect. You got any hot water and rags? No, none of that. Either. I mean, like nothing, nothing went right, even for the mm-hmm. time period. I mean, no one's having babies yeah. on purpose out out here in in the in the stable or the cave or wherever this actually was with the animals. No one no one wants this. I mean, even as a dad, you wouldn't want this for your child. Let alone the way a mother has motherly instincts and you know wants the best. And to make it through that and to just go, we're we're just going to do this. It it just adds another layer to the story to realize how good. In, I mean, maybe psychologically or how good or how much of the Holy Spirit God sent to them to get them through all this in a special yeah. way. And to me, that just that just makes my heart feel warm on Christmas. I don't know. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So real quickly, you gave us three things kind of as an outline. Seek hope, abide in joy, trust God with our lives as we were going through the message. And by the way, if you haven't watched or heard that message you can go into your the podcast app you're listening to us right now. All you got to do is search for Speaking of Grace, press that subscribe button, and you'll never miss a message. It'll be in there each week along with our takeaways. Don't miss Jeff's message because, honestly, this was a message. I was there when we filmed it, and it totally went over my head. So, you know, do, do it in a... <laughs> Be in a a spot, be in a spot where you're paying attention and where you just have, you know, 15, 20 minutes to just sit and listen. And honestly, when you you hooked those seek hope, abide in joy and trust God with our lives through that story that you know so well already really made it hit home. And it was really, really impactful. I haven't stopped thinking about this message I mean, right up until now, and I'm still trying to get words to put in places that don't seem to have the right words to fit for it. And it was very impactful. So definitely don't miss it. But right now, someone is going, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Christmas is great. Jesus was born. Yada, yada. I know all this. But this whole seeking hope, abiding in joy and trusting God with our lives. Maybe these three seem like the biggest oxymorons in recent memory given all we've been through in 2020 and you know, that's going to at least go into 2021 by a couple of months, at least, at least before anything has any kind of normalcy written on it again. What do we do to find just a little of each of those today or during this Christmas season, before we jump, before we hit 2021, what's your best advice? Mm. Well, I think I think that so it's a matter of sort of just focusing to cho- to choose in that direction. We may mm-hmm. not step there all the way on our own, but but putting them in our mind and thinking about them and sort of pondering that direction can can be a first step, at least in, in moving toward these three things. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times what we what we do we do one of two things: we either catastrophize. And just think of worst case thing, you know, this, all this is a horrible thing. And this is what's going to happen. 
but we tend to try to you know do away with it or get out of it as quickly as possible and and deflect and and move you know move beyond as fast as we can and i almost feel like this story has given me a, a renewed kind of fervor for leaning into those things that we don't always we don't always seem at least at first they don't seem to be good things but sometimes well, good things can come of them so yeah or at least things we wouldn't choose necessarily right yeah you know? <laughs> yeah i mean yeah you know, it's like okay I, yeah that, i'm 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 sitting here face, facing something that i wouldn't choose but yeah. maybe I can lean into it and find out where is the joy in it? You know, where, how can I yeah. trust God in this moment? Yeah. And it, yep. Yeah. I like that. Well, yeah. in looking back to last week, Doug Spinella, who I know listens to every episode, sometimes he gets a little behind and he, and he has to catch up, but he sent us a text last week and he said, I just listened to the podcast from Thanksgiving, you know, so he's a little behind. And it might be too late. He said it might be too late now, but there's been a lot of great things in our life due to COVID. And so I haven't heard back. I asked him for a couple of, you know, give me the top three or five things that have happened because of COVID, because I think that's the attitude that we're looking well, for I, is that there has been some good things we just have to be looking for. But if you're looking for the doom and gloom, Andy, like you mentioned, we're not going to yeah. find it. But I mean, I mean, Doug, Doug and Beth, you know, they, I mean, they've, they've gone through a hard time during this COVID thing. I mean, Beth's mom died, yeah. and you know, those are some, some challenging. But at the same time, during this COVID time, they've had their their adult kids at home, mm, and yeah. so you know, yeah. there's been opportunities for engagement that might not have come had there not been this uh, this seclusion kind of thing going on. Sure. I think I think family times together and the numbers of meals that families have eaten around their own table again. Some people have actually learned to cook again. Yep. And uh, so <laughs> there, there's, I think again, it's what what we're, it's sort of what are we going to look for? Yeah. And what are we going to lean into even in moments of of crisis and challenge? Well, and I've always appreciated Doug's input when he usually when he mm -hmm. texts or he usually sends us a text message well i think he sent us an email before as well but he's always on the positive side of things and i've always appreciated that about doug so doug when you hear this i do want to hear though I, I you haven't responded to my text yet and i'm not trying to call you out here even though i just did um i would love to hear what some of those things were that came into in your life because of covid and and you know, just thinking myself, you know, we have had a lot more family time and it's also caused me to reevaluate and us as a family reevaluate how we're spending our time and, and what's important, what's important. And, you know, sometimes you just go, I'm going to be late on a deadline. I'm going to miss something somewhere else because right now this is what it's caused us to slow down and reevaluate. And I've, I thank God for that because it's something that I need. It's not in my personality to, to do it. And so it, <laughs> it needs to be forced. It's always, I've got so many ideas. I have ideas for 25 podcasts I could give you right now. And I'd love to do every single one of them in some way, shape or form, whether it's creating, hosting, <laughs> post-producing, absolutely serious. There's always something in my mind. And if something doesn't stop me, not that I don't love my family or didn't love my family before COVID, it's always that next thing that you're trying to push through to be successful or earn more money to take care of your family. You know, there's a million things we can put in that. And so just us internalizing and looking at each other and, 
you know, we've always done the the cooking and the or my wife has done the cooking. Nobody wants daddy's cooking, but eating around the table. <laughs> but then in those off times, other than that, finding other times to go do things. We went and cut our Christmas tree first time in ten years. We went out to the farm and made a whole afternoon of it. Cut our tree, put it in the you know, put it in the stand, and what a great day. So just those little things that are great. And so I'd love to hear from anyone what what their COVID. Yeah. What's the best things that have come out of COVID? And I'll add one to that because this week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, what experience in your life seemed to be really bad, a really bad event at the time. But over the years, as you were able to look back at it, turned out to be quite different or maybe even a blessing. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) How has that experience changed the way you look at other rough times or even the future? So thank you, Doug. I don't want to forget. Thank you for sending that in. We always appreciate getting feedback. If you leave us a voicemail, we'll play it. Love to interact and hear what you think. So thank you, Doug. And this one just, just, just put in, it was so good to follow that up with our takeaway because, and I mentioned it earlier, it was the, it was the worst experience of my life was my first marriage. It ended in a really nasty, crazy, drawn out, very Jerry Springer-ish type of, in every detail, divorce. And Mm. and for years, you don't realize, I didn't realize, over 20 years, this has been over 20 years ago, that how many things from, everything from just trying to be a good husband and a, a good dad and how much correction needed to happen in my life because of the scars and the different things that had happened during that process. As you short-lived as though it was, the marriage and the divorce, it took and it's still it's still things pop up years later. But what it really what it really cost me to do, not so much the big things, but it's the little things, all the little things that God has finally I've somehow got it through my thick skull. I think he put it on a <laughs> two by four and just smacked it upside my head. But the little pieces that you don't realize are all the parts to the big pieces. You're trying to fix the, the, the iceberg in front of you, but there's 10 million little pieces that all need to be changed before you can make that work. <laughs> and those are the things that that has taught me was, yeah, it was horrible going through it. And I wish I would have known a lot of the other things that were a cause and or, or that, you know, came out of that afterwards. But now I just, it, you start to find these little things and it's like, Pick the battles that you can win and let God help you with those little battles. And pretty soon you get on a roll and you get a bunch of them together. And all of a sudden, the thing you were so worried about has taken care of itself because it was the underlying pieces that you didn't realize (laughs) were the ones that were really calling. So sometimes we just do inaction because it's all too big. We can't do anything. But when God puts these little things and you push him away because you go, that's dumb. I mean, I can fix that. I don't need your help with that one. That's, That's ridiculous. And then you realize, oh, my goodness. So, you know, I've learned that God has just made me a better person because of it. And just he just has to do the work. And the only thing I can do is just go, that seems really dumb, really small or really weird. Just do it. <laughs> and then in the end, <laughs> it makes it go really, really well. So Joseph might give that counsel. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph might yeah. <laughs> if, if he yeah. were here today. Well, our final thoughts this week are from the closing to Jeff's message. He said, there are times when the unexpected will call for unusual action and sometimes even unusually urgent actions. In those times, if we have been seeking hope and abiding in the joy of knowing who Jesus is in our lives, it will not be a mystery as to whether or not we can trust him during these times. So, so true. Less of the unexpected and more of the possible. That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next week, what? We're still here and it's an unexpected responsibility. 
Uh, just a couple yeah. of shepherds got a little. They got a little visit from an angel. So. Oh. Okay. I was like, well, is this the babysitter that no one's ever heard of before? I mean, okay, I didn't. Well, they may have. They may. They may have. They may have. They may have said, Justin, Marie, I'll go out and catch a bite. We're gonna. We're gonna we'll still stay with the baby. Yeah, we'll stay with the oh. baby. No problem. So, is that is? Are you preaching that, Andy, or who's who's yeah, who is am. it? You are you? Yeah. Okay. No. Maybe. Yeah. No, I'm I'm doing it. Okay, all right. Well, you didn't yep. sound you didn't sound committed. There. I'm like, are we, be doing it. are we sending in a pin? Sending in a pinch hitter or what? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's great. Well, again, send us your thoughts and your comments. This was really a great message. Again, please don't miss it. Catch it in audio, video, whichever you have to do. And again, join us on every Tuesday for Speaking of Grace. That way, you won't miss the message. Every Wednesday here for fifteen. And next week, we'll be back on Wednesday morning for episode 238. Unbelievable. Get your yeah. shopping done. Christmas is coming. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear the next <laughs> version of this because I really am. For the first time in probably 15 or 18 years, I haven't been a Grinch this Christmas. So we're hoping to ride this baby all the way to all Christmas right, Eve. All right. We'll see, we'll see if it lasts. I'm not sure. I'm in the middle of a bathroom renovation that just got a whole lot worse last night. So we'll see. <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Have a great week.